starring your host and co-host Jenny DiCascio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer Ryan Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny DiCascio. Good evening and welcome to Chase and Prophecy on FM 107.7 New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. Remember to like us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with Sean Kelly and Jason I and Pedro. Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy, Happy Thursday. Happy Good Thursday. to be here. Yeah, I'm of so, course. <laughs> I'm so excited tonight because we have a fabulous guest. And I'm so glad that she's here to join us. We have Marjorie Kay. She is the CEO and president of Forensic Investigation Company, director of Oz Interdimensional Communication Institute. Wow. And president of UnX Media by night. Marjorie is a 40-year veteran UFO investigator, author, musician, and she also serves as an assistant state director and education coordinator for Missouri MUFON and as director of the Oz Interdimensional Communication Institute. Margie is a licensed private investigator in Missouri and is the author of 14 books and more on the way. Welcome to Jason Prophecy, Margie. I thank you. Welcome. Hi, Marge. Hi. So, so glad to have you here tonight. Great to be evening. here. Yeah. So let me tell you, before we get started, um, I was doing a lot of research on you, and I am very impressed. I'm also, I'm a former MUFON investigator in Western um, Pennsylvania. Oh. And let me tell you, MUFON has gone through a lot of changes. One thing um, that I never really got a handle on and I would have loved to have done a star team investigator, um, followed that path, but I didn't. I want you to explain exactly what that is and what it entails. Well, the star team investigators are seasoned investigators who have a lot of experience in the field of ufology and have done a number of investigations for MUFON. And then the state director will recommend a person for that position so that there are enough very experienced investigators in a state uh, and also maybe to cover nearby states when, if someone else isn't available. So we can go in on landing cases and ET sighting cases, things like that. Uh, something where there's some evidence that might need to be collected. Okay. So it's more in depth then. It's not like your regular field investigator that goes out with their little you know, kit and everything. You do more of investigating. We do. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's You're more to Jason. <laughs> well, it is. It's a little, yeah, you can get the kit. I didn't have the kit. Okay. I didn't have my little kit. I think actually they're big, they're big kits they're now. Big kits now. <laughs> they're like yeah. duffel bags of stuff. <laughs> Marty Pants, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Smack Smarty you Pants. upside the head. Okay. So um, I was always in, you know, that, that just that name was kind of, you know, star team investigator. I thought, do you, do they have a, like a badge with a star on it or anything? <laughs> there are, there are special badges. Yeah. And it, if you are so inclined to wear them, <laughs> yeah, I suppose you yeah. could. I mean, I, I went through your bio and all these different um, 
in different uh, UF MUFON shows coming up. I do think I'm going to try to attend the one that's online in August. The yes. um, big one. This Tell us about that. It's going to happen. That's the MUFON Symposium. It's being held in Las Vegas. And it is in person and online. Ooh. So no matter what, you have a choice. That's and exciting. it's... Uh, it's it's really good. Just go to MUFON.com to see more information about that event. And uh, the public is, you know, invited. No, that's exciting. I, I, I still love going to. I missed the one in May here. Um, things have changed over the years. Um, it seems like, to be honest with you, the Westmoreland County one in Pennsylvania, it's the same guest over and over. There's nothing new. No. And that kind of was, that doesn't. You know, I like to be my mind, stimulate my mind a little bit more. Um, but what are you going to do? Maybe I'll go out to Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like so, to change it up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's what it should be. It makes it more intriguing and Road more trip. interesting. Yeah, Jason, you tell her. Um, let me ask you, um, what led you, what what originally led you into the paranormal? I know like Sean, his was his encounters with an, af, you know, uh, close death encounter jason has some poltergeist at his house i um i've always been intrigued by the paranormal so what led you into the paranormal well i got introduced to the paranormal when i was 11 years old and a head appeared at the bottom of my bed floating at about six feet uh -oh. above the ground Ooh, and uh i hollered at my sister who was in the other bed and i said do you see that and she started screaming so i started screaming and my father came running up the stairs and he turned on the light and the head disappeared wow and he asked me what it looked like and i described it and i said it was a man and you know what he looked like and he was talking but i couldn't hear what he was saying but it was very very clearly you know an apparition but a, i mean a solid apparition and uh, so he went downstairs and grabbed a book and opened it. And he said, did, did he look like anything here? And I went through and I picked out my grandfather that I'd never met. Wow. That's, cool. that's, that's an, neat. Yeah. That's yeah. You, that you don't hear that very much. That's that's so that was the beginning. That was the beginning. And then that was my introduction to, I can talk to dead people and, uh, and see them. <laughs> so I could see him first and then started, communicating and speaking with them and then you know I became a medium after that and I got introduced to UFOs when I was 17 I always had had an interest in them but I'd never seen one my family was driving to Texas driving through Oklahoma at the time when my little brother pointed out this object that was following our vehicle to the side of our vehicle and we were going to I, I was driving, it's probably 75, 80 miles an hour at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, here is this long cylindrical silver object with no wings and no tail and not making any noise. It wasn't that far from us and it tracked us for at least 15 minutes, but none of us can be certain. We can't really remember uh, a, a, even how it left. We don't, we don't remember seeing it go away. Mm -hmm. uh, just the fact that it wasn't there anymore. So that really piqued my interest, and I just started really concentrating on reading up and studying ufology and paranormal my entire life. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Jason, go ahead. You got a question? Got a thought? No, I was just going to say, you know, that, that's pretty cool how, you know, 
uh, with these kind of fields, all it takes is like that first initial experience, and then it's like you're hooked for life. You know, yeah, exactly. absolutely. You, know, you yep. just can't. You just keep going further and further because it's like you know what's next. You know. Yeah, I think yeah. Every, everybody in this field, um, all of you, obviously, <clears throat> uh, you get hooked and you can't stop because you want answers. And then there aren't any answers and you keep <laughs> digging. And, yeah. you know, you just hope that someday you're going to know a little bit about what's going on. Right. Um, I do have a question, Marge. Um, thank you for being on the show, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, now, you know, with a paranormal investigation, we know what we're doing, Okay. There's that possibility we could get a ghost or not a ghost or whatever. But I, you know, ever since I've been on this show, I hear a MUFON and I know people who are a MUFON and they're, they're decent people. But how, if someone spots a UFO, okay, what are your procedures at going and investigating the situation? Oh, that's a good one. Well, uh, that's a good one, and it's also very long and drawn out, so I'll try to shorten it. Um, okay. the, the first thing we do is, is speak to the witness, usually by phone, okay. and uh, gets, you know, get some details, get some information about it. A lot of these cases are just lights in the sky, and there's really not anything to investigate. But there are you know, a few left over that are really compelling. So there, there could be something that's so unusual that you know we've got to dig we've got to try to determine what it could possibly have been so we look for a mundane explanation first so i mean we have ways of finding out if if things are satellites if they're the iss if they're anything that's flying any plane uh, any balloon there's a record of that and we can look that up and see uh what could it possibly have been? And a lot of times, you know, the most misidentified UFO in the sky is Venus. Oh, and really? yes, yeah, absolutely. And then, but now that's changed a little bit uh, recently because of Starlink satellites. And mm -hmm. these satellites travel, you know, in on a path and they're equally distant apart and they just freak people out because they look like UFOs if, if they'd <laughs> never heard of them. So um, that is... You know, that really bothers uh, not only the UFO community, but astronomers Astronomers are complaining about yeah. these satellites. Um, so that's the, the beginning of the procedure. And we start digging. And uh, then if there's more to it, like if there's trace evidence, if, if a UFO has been close to somebody and there might be evidence left behind on their property somewhere, on the grass okay. or bushes or trees or things like that, we take samples and send them mm -hmm. into the MUFON lab, which happens to be located in Missouri. Right. It's in St. Okay. Louis. And uh, so we send those things in for analysis and it could even Im involve DNA analysis. Um, you know, there's all types of, of equipment that the lab's got. So that okay. gives us, gives us more information. Basically, so, that's how it goes, have, but it it can it can take up to ninety days to close a case. Oh, wow. Okay, now have you guys ever found DNA? Yes, we have. Oh, yes, really? The cool. lab has. Cool. Uh, yeah. In fact, they recently did one that uh, the witness went public with. It's Terry Lang, Ter Terry Ling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, she's she's been talking about it openly. 
and they found that uh, the DNA that they collected is from a lizard. Oh, like a reptilian of the lizard family. So that kind of, and what she saw was a reptilian. Cool. So there's some evidence there. Um, There, right now, we're working on one of my cases of a possible Mothman, uh, or you know, Mothman, Batman type creature, humanoid creature. Uh, The substance on the vehicle. There was this large, large amount of a substance on this witness's vehicle, and I took a sample, and it came back as urine. From huh. something wow. very, very big, and uh, th- it matches the pH of bat urine. So we now are waiting to get some samples of different types of birds or flying creatures, including bats, and you know every every type of large bird that we can get. And after the lab has that DNA, they she'll be able to compare it. That's and awesome. I can't wait to hear that because yeah. that case is a very it's a big case. Uh, there's evidence there is, is ongoing with this particular person who's had multiple sightings of this creature. That's amazing. I, I find Moth Mountain to be the most, I find it to be very scary. The, the big bird type <laughs> creatures, more so than the reptilians. Well, the grays are pretty scary too. So out of uh, all the investigations and everything you've done like to date, what would you say is like your most compelling piece of evidence that you've been able to gather? Piece of evidence um, could be a picture, okay. a video, or uh, actual trace evidence. So I'm going to have to go with the video on okay. this as far All as right, most okay. compelling. Yeah, because what it is is that these uh, witnesses had uh, an encounter with something with lights on it shining in their window all night long and keeping them up, and these orbs or balls of light running in their house throughout their entire house, and they were scared to death. And about five thirty in the morning, when the sun started coming up, the witness got up, went down the hall, and started filming. Now, this happened several years ago, and he opened his back door and was looking outside, and he saw an E.T., so he was filming it. And this here, you see this E.T. looking out from behind a tree with his hand in front of the tree, so you can see his hand the whole time, then he peeks around, and he goes back, peeks around. I mean, it looked like a little typical gray. It was kind of transparent, but it was pretty, pretty solid. I mean, it, it was definitely no question about what it was and uh so i saw it another investigator saw it we watched his tape as he played it on his camera and it was one of those old uh, tape type cameras video yeah well not vhs (laughs) it was after that it's a sony handicam type those little okay so right and i brought every piece of equipment i could with me to to just transfer that and I didn't have anything that would work. So I said, look, I, I have something in my office. I'm going to take this tape, go to my office in Kansas City from Springfield, Missouri, and copy it, and I'll send you back the original tape. Okay. So that's what I did. 
I copied it and then I'm looking at it and this now it's on a CD. Everything looks normal. Everything looks the same. You see the backyard. You see him open the door. You see this tree there. There's no ET. Oh, where'd it go? This is interdimensional. Like it, uh, it disappeared. And the thing is that the the night that I collected this evidence, the other investigator and I were tired. We we were suddenly we were going to drive home. We were suddenly very very tired, and I couldn't drive anymore. So we stayed in a hotel. That night, she thought she saw someone walking across the room, and she thought it was me and went back to sleep. But I never got up. It wasn't me. Hmm. And so I think somebody actually knew where we were, traced it, came in the room, took the tape, has the technology to take something out of it that they don't want anyone to see. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, that made that, me so that mad. Be horrifying. Yeah, that amazing. made me so mad because you know they're. But I will say this: I do have some other pictures that I'm going to be making public very yeah, soon. Yeah, nice. that was my next yeah. question: is are these? Are you going to make these public? I'm going to that one. Obviously, I can't. But I do have some that I am going to make public, cool. and they're being kept in safe places. Yeah, you better. What do you, who do you think took it? I mean, how, do you think someone from the government, or are these actual the ET, or uh, did they come into the the, the hotel? I can only speculate on that, and I can just imagine that there's some faction of our government that does not want that public. Right, you know? I agree. I agree. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Since we're on the topic of the government with these new, what do you think they're going to tell us with these, that a report that they're doing on the uh, Pentagon videos? What do you, what do you think that they're going to tell us? You know, they've been making such a big deal about this one. You know, we've had other releases in the past, but this one is really making the media take special note of this and they're taking it very seriously. So I think we're going to get a substantial amount of new information and probably some things on old cases that everybody wants to know about, but I wouldn't, I I don't believe that they're ever going to release everything or everything they know or everything they may have back engineered or the fact that they may have ETs and craft holding being held somewhere. You know, they're not going to say that. When we were talking on our other show, when we were talking, uh, what was that? It was a few weeks ago. We were talking about the um, the tapes, and we were talking with uh, psychologist Brian Sharpless. And one of the questions was, why aren't if they are following us, watching us, why aren't they doing anything? And what you just said made me think: What if they want their craft? If we have one back, maybe they want it back. And that's why they're not doing anything. Or what What do you think they're, what, if you were an alien or from a different sphere in the universe, what, what do you think there is a reasoning? Why aren't they doing anything? If they're just watching us, if they're too intelligent, like Brian said, they're so intelligent, why would they need to take our body and do experiments on us when they're so intelligent? If they're, say their planet was dying, why, if they're so intelligent, they could figure it out or they already know what, what yeah. our body's like if they're so intelligent. So what would, would it give us your um, scoop on it? There are, there are a, a lot of questions and, and few answers. 
But I will tell you this. Ever since I was young, I have been very psychic and a remote viewer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have actually been in contact telepathically and sometimes in person with extraterrestrials. One of them is Valiant Thor, who visited the Pentagon in 1957 and 1960. And uh, it, if you don't know what that is no, or who I, he I, is... I'm going to have to write that down. Just I get don't. the book, Stranger <laughs> at the Pentagon. Stranger at the Pentagon? Valiant Thor, yes. And he tells me that their purpose here is to help raise consciousness but that they do not they do not have the authority to directly interfere with goings on on planet earth hmm. and it's very complicated hmm. and the okay. other part is that he's they're also here to protect the planet from negative entities who would wish us harm and so this is why sometimes things have been caught, you know, on the, from the space shuttle uh, video of things being back and forth that look like missiles. And he says, you know, there's there's an actual war going on, and also that this is the reason that Star Wars was created, and that oh, there has wow. really been a space force up there for many years, and we're just now being told, given a hint about about that with the with the you know the government so there is a lot we don't know there's a lot we don't understand and why some of us are uh chosen by them to communicate with i don't know but he said they don't communicate with everyone they do some and i know some other people who have had similar communication and some with valiant thorn one of them is a hollywood film producer Sean, what do you think about this? I mean, I know we talked about Ashtar Command. Is that the same guy, or is that just a different? I think you're. I think we are talking about the Ashtar Command, dude. I do. Um, it, it's just. I think there's a good resemblance there between mm -hmm. it. So we already had a guest on our show that talked about Ashtar, and uh, you're pretty well like on the even keel with this Ashtar and the gentleman back in 1957. Yeah. What do you well, think, Margie? Yeah, he's a very, very high vibration being. Uh, he, he, it, when he first introduced himself to me in 1985, he called himself Thor, but then later he called himself Commander Thor. Oh, wow. What did so, he look like? Jason, you, you have something on your mind. No, I was what, just what? thinking about it, something you were talking about a little bit earlier there. Uh, yeah. You, uh, Jenny, when you were talking about. Um, you know, the extraterrestrials or aliens like abducting people and testing people. Well, what if they're doing that to us? Like we do that to lab rats to find out different things that work or don't work or for testing, you know, because you don't really hear about all that, you know, Good so question. it's kind of like the same thing. What if they're, what if we're actually lab rats and they just pick and choose who they take? Yeah. But Jason, Margie, you they're 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 so intelligent that they can come all the way, like travel light years away. Do you think they would be dissecting us under a microscope if they're so intelligent that they can travel through space that fast? Well, there's many many different types, but also consider this, and I'm of the opinion that most of these UFOs 
that come into our space are interdimensional. That they're in they're using our same space right now, but but you know, they have to lower their vibration to third dimension to come into our dimension, then they pop right back out. And that can explain why many of them just simply disappear. Or sometimes people see a flash and it's like a portal opening or a wormhole mm -hmm. opening or closing. And they, they, they go in and out and they also move extremely fast. Uh, and this, this is yeah. the, yeah, this is the subject of my, one of my latest books, the fast movers. Uh, some of these that we have been able to figure their rate of speed at over 8,000 miles per hour and being close to the earth, uh, you know, 3000 feet above the earth. Uh, and that's something that you're just not going to see with the naked eye. And imagine if it, you know, it's faster than that. Um, and so they're in, they are interdimensional craft, but you know, yeah, some people there, they are doing experiments with, they do take some people and, and then put them back. Um, in some very, very rare instances, there have been some people mutilations, just like animal mutilations. Oh, wow. Um, but most, for the most part, that doesn't happen and they're not harming us. And so I believe that they're actually here to help us. And in some cases, there have been health benefits or a cure of, of something. And in my case, that happened to me like... Oh gosh, probably five times that happened to me where I had a visitation and, and it was a telepathic communication. I sent the message out. If there's any benevolent beings around, would you please help me out? And the first time I did it, my feet had started hurting me so bad. I couldn't walk anymore on my feet and there was no explanation. The doctors couldn't figure it out. And so I said, Oh gosh, what am I going to do? Well, let me just ask you know, for some help, because I've heard that some people had done that and they, you know, were lucky it, that it worked. So I fell asleep. Next thing I know, I'm awakened by this really, really bad, like pinch, like a needle going all the way to the bone in my calf. And it woke me up and I opened my eyes and I see these two short gray ETs standing at the foot of my bed. And they didn't look like they didn't have big eyes. They had small eyes and, and, and nose and mouth. And uh, I noticed that one of them had his hands out over my feet. And I screamed because, you know, that was my first <laughs> encounter <laughs> and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you know, I was in a dead sleep and here's these ETs standing here. Anyway, when I did that, they disappeared. But I figured out later, they only disappeared because of my state of mind. I was not in the right meditative state of mind or between sleep and awake where I could see them. But I felt like they were actually still there after I did that and went back to sleep. Anyway, the next morning, my feet felt better. And by that night, they didn't hurt anymore at all. Mm -hmm. And, and cool. I think that intervention absolutely did it. And so they will help people if you ask. Hmm, maybe I should help. With my diet and my brain there were times when i tried to do um i had a i had an experience when i was younger um 
that I saw something in my room and I was plagued all my adolescence with the shadow people and they always look like the grays. And I know a lot of like the psychologists and stuff said, Oh, that's just something that happens like with sleep paralysis. There's not, there's no alien in your room or whatever. Um, if you wanted to contact, like you, you just have to go into like a meditated state and just ask, or just, should I ask for the, the, the person by name? Like Thor, <laughs> could that work? Uh, I wouldn't ask for Thor. Thor is very busy. Okay. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would ask. List. Yeah, the whole key to it is uh, learning how to access the psychic center of the brain, opening up your third eye, so to speak. But it's really yeah. activating the pineal gland. Okay, yeah. and because I'm a remote viewer and I've been doing this m- my entire life, I ha- have become very skilled at it. So I teach people how to do this. I do a two-day course on this, and it's going to extend. It's going to be even longer. Um, But, I mean, the gist of it is by meditating uh, every day Mm -hmm. and learning how to meditate correctly, you will get your mind to the state it needs to be in to be in a light trance state so that then you send this telepathic message out. And when you do... That that message can travel, you know, through space and time, okay. and you're so you're directing it to any benevolent beings. So you're not just saying this type or whatever, you know. Just be open minded about it, because if if they would like to help you, you could just ask if you'd like to help me. I have this problem. Uh, please help me out, and I'm going to go to sleep and okay. let you do your thing. And the, the reason I say go to sleep and do this right before bed is because you will be relaxed and open to, to this. Because if you were awake and you saw mm-hmm. a strange being that wasn't human, uh, yeah, it's a little off-putting. Scared. Yeah, I'd it's a little scared. scary. And you can't, be in a, a, you can't be afraid for this to happen. And so now, after this has happened to me several times... Now I've actually seen ETs while I'm on investigations. They will show up mm-hmm. and they're standing there wow, and they're that's... watching what we're doing. It, it it's it's fun. I I wish I could have one knock on the door and come in and be in 3D, <laughs> but that's not how it works. Um well we have Margie, we have a um caller on the line um has a question for you. Go ahead, caller. Hi, uh yeah, so I've been uh, listening to the show. Great show, great show. Um I was just curious. Now you say that these beings are um, like the aliens and the greys and are interdimensional. So do you think that you can, and you were talking about meditation and then you can actually summon them. I've been researching a lot about Hemisync and the meditative uh, program by Robert Monroe. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it. And, and I've thought about, uh, learning it myself just for the heck of it. But I believe that, but my methods are probably very similar and that the end result is the same in activating the psychic center. Similar, but active. Did you hear that caller? They're a little, they're on a delay. (laughs) Do you use um, like the binarial, um, frequencies in your in your methods or I, what I do kind of methods that you use to actually um, I guess get an out of body experience into the astral plane she does oh. well uh, that would be a deep 
meditative trance state and maintaining your consciousness so that your body falls asleep but your consciousness stays awake in order to astrally travel now what i do and that that i do that uh but it's more difficult than doing etheric travel i send my etheric body out while i'm fully conscious but in a very light trance state and that's how i remote view i will actually go to the location or let the location lead me say in the case of a missing person uh, the missing person will direct me to to them and i can't tell you that i fully understand how this works i just stumbled across it in the 1990s while i was working uh, with some attorneys and one of their nieces disappeared and so i found her and i just asked how am i going to find her and i felt like her presence like she was trying to lead me to her and i saw this line come out of my solar plexus and and just travel and go right to her while i was on the phone with the aunt and so i i'm conscious and i i call it a dual consciousness state to where like half of my brain goes to, to a trance state and the other half is fully awake um it, it's kind of difficult to explain that but that's kind of how it works and i found the the girl i i found the address the street the house i knew exactly where she was on the property they went back with the police and they found her and she had been kidnapped and the the three people that did it or you know went to prison um but i think anybody can learn how to do this because we all have the same physiology i mean it just makes sense yeah. right but here's the question i have for you Mort. and this is for our viewers out there who are just starting to listen and starting to learn how to meditate um would they not need you know to trust their spirit guides in order to go out there because somebody could just go so-called do a meditation state that don't fully understand what you're talking about and they can get burnt well, that's why I want people to take my course. I, I don't want anybody to just meditate for five minutes and then go and start doing this because you <laughs> yeah. do have to learn how to protect yourself. You yeah. need to learn protection methods. What about and, the uh, silver cord? Do you believe in that? Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You're always attached to the silver cord when you go out of your body. Okay. And I, what, I, what I see is a dark cord, but it's the same thing. It comes out of the solar plexus. Um, caller, is there any other questions? Um, maybe just one more. I know that, uh, the, the, do you think that there's actually, I guess, extraterrestrials, or do you just truly believe that this, these beings that people are seeing and all the sightings going on in the government disclosure is, um, I guess, interdimensional? And that's my, my last question. Well, I would have to say that interdimensionals and extraterrestrials are probably the same thing because they're all alien to us, right? Uh, we're human beings living in the third dimension on planet Earth. But there's a whole lot of world out there that we don't fully understand yet. So if there are multiple dimensions, there could be beings coming in from these dimensions that are using our same space or near to our same space. But we could also have ETs coming from different planets and different solar systems and galaxies. And they're visiting us. And I think that's completely plausible. 
but that their transportation method is not anything like what we understand. And if they're using a wormhole, you know, and they get from here to Mars in seven minutes, suddenly the possibility doesn't so sound so far fetched that about travel in long distances and bending space time. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of theories out there. I think physics is is ultimately going to explain this to us, and they're working on it. <laughs> Believe me, they're working on it. Uh, we'll we'll leave that to the physicists. Go ahead, Jason, and thank you, caller. Jason, you were talking about someone in the chat has a question. Yeah, I was just reading in the comments real quick, and uh, this goes back a few minutes ago, I guess, where we were talking about the astral projection and silver cord and stuff. Somebody said that the that's how I got haunted by a demon. Ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what demon it was. Uh, Someone got uh, haunted by a demon. You do have to be careful. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes how do you know it's a vessel. demon, commenter, a cyber demon? How do you know it's a demon? Maybe it's a just a ghost in your house. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, true, Margie, true. how would you yeah. know? Margie, what's the difference? Do you know what the difference between a demon and a UFO, like an extraterrestrial or an uh, extraterrestrial biological entity? Aren't they the same, basically, or not? Mm, uh, most of the time, no. I don't think so. And I base that on the energy that the being emits. Like, each person has their own energy pattern, and I'm very sensitive to vibration and energies, and I actually see them around the bean and um but i do believe one thing i think that in some cases uh people have misidentified a reptilian type as a demon because of their appearance yes they are very so i think there could be some mixing up and i also think that you know people don't always understand what they see when they see something transparent walk through a wall that looks like a ghost but then they, I ask what they look like, and in, in one case, the lady described gray ETs with big heads and big eyes and wearing very skin-tight suits. And I said, well, and she was saying, these are ghosts, you know. Um, or it could be an other uniform so, or an astronaut thing. So the commenter, yeah. he says that, uh, you know, all jokes aside, he that he meditated and then was haunted by a demon for many years. Okay. Uh, okay. What What... What part of a meditation could cause something like that? Well, if somebody doesn't have experience meditating and they go into it without doing any protection, right. uh, mm-hmm. at the very minimum, putting white light around you, bringing in white light through your body and extending that out three feet on all directions and above and below, uh, I always recommend doing that before starting meditation. I also recommend having uh, crystals mm-hmm. near you. Uh, white clear crystals and having some type of a light on a night light, something like that, because the dark side doesn't like any of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't like any of that. And, and if you uh, see we, our thoughts, create things. And if we th- think about creating a white light around ourselves of protection, there you go. There's your crystal. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we think that, then we have created it. Even okay. if we can't see it, we've created that. Right. And there's so a wall of protection. Like just yep. putting it in your mindset. Yeah. So like you things. have to, people who are inexperienced are people who are inexperienced with using spirit boards, for instance, mm-hmm. or opening 
a portal and without any protection and without saying goodbye and leaving them there and, and commanding that they stay. Um, and the same thing with like ghost hunter groups or kids who don't have any experience are going out into graveyards. Right. I don't recommend that. No, <laughs> no. No. no, that's not no. a good idea. No, you don't no. know what you're going to bring home with you. So there's a, we have another commenter. Uh, she was saying that she was abducted by aliens in 1969 when she was six. And uh, okay. they left her out in her backyard. She's now 58 and still being followed. And yeah. then found out that has other family members that uh, experienced the same kind of thing. So with being abducted, is it common for the UFOs or ETs? They could like keep coming back to you and your family directly rather than just like yeah. abducting, leaving you and then going somewhere else. Most people who have close encounters like that have multiple experiences, even if they don't remember it until, you know, it could be years later and then something triggers the memory or they may have hypnosis done and they find out, oh, that's actually been happening their entire life when they thought it was just a one off. Um, and it's also very common for those same type of people to have uh, their entire family involved going back multiple generations. Okay. So, huh. you know, we can speculate why that is. Uh, perhaps they're following DNA. Perhaps they're following uh, a group of people that they may have worked on, and then they want to follow their, you know, um, the people, you know, their Let children, their lives, children's children. Are. Yeah, all, yeah, and 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 see what happened. I mean, a lot of people think that maybe these intelligences that are so far advanced uh, that they actually created humans in the form that they are now, or that we are now, and that they're following their creation. You know what they created, <laughs> uh, and and they're following what what's going on because uh, if you look at you know, we have all these different races on the planet, and, and it makes you wonder, you know, where did where did each of these races come from? Well, some mm. people speculate that they are DNA from different types of ETs, and that we're all human, but we're all, you know, different, a little bit different in some ways. And it can, and it's not only with appearance, but it's also with um, medical things or different uh, blood types and, and things that might might affect us or we may have a tendency to have certain diseases and things like that, whereas another group of people doesn't have that. And so it really makes you wonder, you know, where did we come from? That's interesting. Um, real quick, um, we had a show on Missing 411. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about that? or? Oh, yes, I've you, read the books. What? Can I ask what your theory is on that? I'll tell you what. I um, I think part of it is some rogue Sasquatches who are, I believe they are interdimensional beings. Okay. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is because, oddly enough, I <clears throat> was doing a UFO case and a Sasquatch came into this and I've been in touch with him since. Oh, wow. That and was my years... next question. I yeah. was going to ask you that. Oh, yeah. And then years okay. later, he introduced me to his clan. And they, oh. they have showed themselves to me, physically shown themselves to me on my property in oh, the middle God. of independence. 
Yeah. Did they use a, a certain language? How did they communicate? Just through telepathy? Telepathic. It's all telepathy. And when when you are having a telepathic communication with uh, someone who doesn't speak your language, uh, or you know who knows where they're from, it's whatever uh, your language is is what you hear it in. That's how oh. telepathy works. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I yeah. so you that. don't have to yeah. get a translator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bigfoot bigfoot translator 1-800-TELEPATHIC yeah. TRANSLATOR yeah. Yeah. but the you know bigfoot uh the sasquatch they like to be called the sasquatch people they're in clans they're in family units they're extremely intelligent in fact they tell me that they're more intelligent than humans are and i'm starting to believe it um i i've learned a lot from them and uh, you know, and there's a connection with the ETs with the Sasquatch. The ETs brought the Sasquatch here, is what they. I talk believe about. that. Are they jerky? Okay, are they dangerous? Most of them, no. There is a there is a rule. They are not to harm humans, but occasionally you get a rogue, usually a male Sasquatch, who's angry about something, and he could cause some harm to to people. So. If you were out there, your best bet would be to have a bag of Jack Links and throw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take a bag of gummy bears and give it to him, and hopefully that'll make him go away and be happy. Now, whenever you get these UFO uh, sightings and with people calling in on you, do you check out the ley lines that where the ley I lines do. are? You I do. do. Okay. Yes. Um, I had... I have a book, Kansas City UFO Flaps, where I talk about uh, ley lines and power centers and portals and things that make those things happen. Uh, I found a correlation between uh, latitude and longitude creating ley lines and then also that there are ley lines next to some of these latitude longitudes hotspots. The first okay. one I found was latitude 39 and uh, and longitude 94 so kansas city and then i also found that there are some major big ley lines going through that same spot mm -hmm. so we do have these hot spots for paranormal activity of all types doesn't matter what it is uh in kansas city and then going south to uh, 38 around rich hill and nevada and then 37 uh the joplin spook light uh, the Joplin area, huge sightings, UFO sightings in, in Joplin. And then going straight across the state, uh, we're into the Marley Woods where Ted Phillips, uh, you know, investigated for years and years. And now Tom Ferrario has, has taken over that investigation. And there's, you know, Sasquatch, just UFOs, balls of light, all kinds of unexplained stuff happening. I mean, weird stuff, even animal mutilations. And so, yeah, there's definitely a correlation. Why are they mutilating lines. animals? I was just wondering that too. Like, what is it about animals? Yeah, that? yeah. I haven't been able to figure that out, and I, I can't say I have a theory about it. Uh, there, but it's happening. I, I've done some investigations myself on this. In fact, I've got seventy in the state of Missouri uh, cataloged right now, and then I've got hundreds cataloged from uh, Canada and other states, and this is happening. It's happening now. It's always been happening, but people quit talking about it 
So it's not in the news very often. When you when you see it, it's somebody who really doesn't know the history, and they're totally freaked out, and it's usually a young rancher. But these older ranchers, it happens all the time. They don't talk about it. They don't want to be made fun of. Uh, and the sheriff's departments don't want anything to do with it. Hmm. They, you, they stay away. Do you think there's a connection between the 5G and that with these more sightings or... What about the microwaves that they're talking about? These microwaves that are affecting people? Do you know what I'm talking about? My gut feeling, tr remote viewing that, is that the 5G was is actually put there on purpose to block us. Hmm. To block our telepathic ability and our communication with uh, higher intelligences. Um, and... It's it's messing with our minds. It's it's messing with our energy fields. It's altering things. Now, is this five G? Is that a, is that an extraterrestrial technology that we're receiving oh. from them too? Now that I don't know. That I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's our own creation, and it's because look, if we had the ability to communicate more easily, and we had the ability to have telepathically communicate with other people and other intelligences and we would see we would see the truth about things mm -hmm. and i think there are certain factions who don't want the truth known about everything in our lives i mean just think about the government in general that nobody trusts anymore for good reason and they're, you know they're covering things up they don't they don't want people to know and if it was so it'd be super easy if everybody was fully in tune with all of their abilities. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Margie, um, I've read a lot of books and I've also watched a lot of YouTube documentaries. And there are some suggestions that these abduction cases are really, they're not extraterrestrial, but they're from the government abducting us and using us mm -hmm. as experiments for who knows what. What do you yes. what do you do on that? I think some of that is going on. I have a lot of witnesses who say they never saw an ET, they never saw a UFO, they just woke up and they're standing in a line and there's a bunch of people standing around in military uniforms. Or they were on a table and they you were doing some kind of experiment on them and they saw people in military uniforms. And in some cases, they saw both ETs and military. Working together. In, in the same place, working together. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of possibilities. I'm open-minded about that. Hmm. Sean, what's on your mind? Uh, oh, I just wanted to ask uh, Marge here real quick. Uh, for our viewers again out there, um, does Spirit have a message through you to tell our viewers? Well, when you say Spirit, I'm going to take that as a, as a higher intelligence. I will just okay. call it that. Um. And that would be from higher, from Valiant Thor, from my connection with White Cloud and Medicine Woman. And I also have connections with Tall White Nordics. They all have a very, very high vibration. And okay. their message is that we need to concentrate on ourselves and raising our vibration and our consciousness because cool. that's how we advance from now and in through into former 
and future lives. That's how we advance, that we need to not pay so much attention to everybody else. We need to be looking inside at ourselves. Well, I thank you for that. Thank yeah, you. Uh, Jason, what's on your mind? Oh, no, there's something in there. Kinds of things. <laughs> so, so do you find yourself on your uh, doing more? What do you enjoy more? It sounds like UFOs, but, you, you know, we're talking about paranormal stuff, too. Like, do you really favor or do you try to like work them together how you you know try to figure things out i like both because i don't think you can separate them and i like to study all aspects of the paranormal and ufos are in that that's under that paranormal yeah you know um because you know there's sasquatch in there which i find fascinating um there's interdimensional travel uh, there's wormholes <laughs> and I, I was actually shown one, one time by some ETs, which was a crazy deal. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I would just say paranormal in general. If it's, if it's weird, I'm interested in it. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, the one investigation we did back in February, the Belair house. Um, one of our investigators saw this creature and he drew it out and it really resembled more of an alien you know, than a spirit. And then a couple of days, you know, after the weekend was over, we were clean up, ready to go. We were moving some stuff around and somebody previously, you know, who knows when drew something very similar to what he saw. Mm. So it was very alien looking more than like, you know, like a spirit form or an apparition, you know, so I, I could really see how they really coincide together, you know, so it, it was, it was pretty cool to, you know, think about how all that works together. Well, if you think about it, uh, if spirits are in the fifth dimension, which is what I believe, and ETs travel through the fifth dimension to get to us, there's some commonalities there. And so their appearance could be uh, transparent or not fully formed. And both spirits and ETs can appear that way. In fact, they usually appear that way. Right. Uh, it, it would be just kind of see like the outline, but you can see right through them. You can see through them, but sometimes you can get color, uh, but you can definitely see features. Um, sometimes they appear more solid than other times, but they're fa they're phasing in and out of dimension, if you will. Okay, perfect. Okay, dokie, we're gonna have to wrap it up, um, Margie. Oh, we just got the. The bing, we have to go. Um, but thank you. And we want to definitely have you back on the show. You're a great guest. I really enjoyed thank talking. You, and I'm sure thank our, you, our listeners felt the same way. So um, tell us, uh, we're going to, I have your um, your links. I'm going to post those to the website and to Facebook so people can um, read more and hopefully attend one of those great conferences. But thank you again for joining us, Margie. Yes, okay. Thank you, thank you so much. Great. My pleasure. Thank Thank you guys for being back with us Thursday nights. We'll Thank see you, you again next week. You guys all have a great weekend. Thanks and again audios. for tuning in to Chase and Prophecy. Adios. Here we are in the writers and illustrators of the Feature Lounge at the Office Services Building in Hollywood. It contains a gallery of the writer and illustrator judges, a selection of the awards the contests have received, a library.